me, the way I see it, um, if you don't take risks, there's no reward. And I mean, that's a pretty cliche term, you know, credit for what it is actually true, and I put it into practice and it works. Um, I've taken risks all my life, pretty much, some bigger than others. But um, one that really stands out is probably my most recent big risk move, which was resigning from my, from my 95. How is that? Um, I'm, I'm blessed. It's been good uh, since February of this year. Um, I, yeah, for, for many reasons, I decided to resign. Um, I felt it was the right time for me, so I left my job and decided to, hey, if I'm, if I'm doing pretty well at what I'm doing right now, why can't I do it up for myself and make my own way and chart my own destiny? Um, so I left my job, decided to you know, specialize in digital marketing and consultancy. And I can say that since then, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm still here. What do you think that, what you said, I was your biggest risk so far. What do you see as the three top things you learned from taking that leap? Well, one is if you don't take a risk, you'll never know. Um, it's better to do something and learn from it or do something and thrive from it rather than not do it at all and then have all these regrets for your life. And we, the second one is you're young. Really and truly, what do you have to lose? Like, think about it. Really and truly, what do you have to lose? You're, let's say, probably between 21 to 24, 25 even. And you're thinking about taking this big risk and all that's in your mind are obstacles or fears. But if you just get that out of the way, if, if for whatever reason you try this thing and it doesn't work out, you're still in the range where your parents are going to help. You have some friends that are going to help family members. So if you fall on your face, you're not going to die and it's going to be the end of the world or whatever. There's some way that you bounce back, but at least you'd have learned something rather than you wallowing in fear every day, stuck in this job that you don't like, and then... 30 years down the line, you're you're seeing all your peers starving and you're just wondering, hey, how did I get here? And you just live for a pension and, and die. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there's something you said just now, but I want you to tie it into the next thing, which is, so it's only pressures of a nine to five. So you talked something just now when it was about comparing to comparisons to friends. So what are your thoughts on those? Alright, um, let me just touch on the comparison part. Um, yes, I said, you know, you look at all the fairs and you see that they're thriving and you're not. But on another note, you can't really, if you are if you are someone who has a vision for yourself and is very focused and know what you want, looking at someone and comparing is probably not the best thing to do because everybody has is on their own journey. Everybody's life is going to happen for them in their own. And what makes you stand out is how you take control of your life and, you know, go after what you actually want. Um, pressures of the night side. Boy, I mean... <laughs> that sounds serious. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes or anything, but, I mean, it really is... It's almost... It's, 
for especially for creatives, it's not the best environment to be in because it's very restrictive. And as a creative, you need freedom to flourish. You need freedom to be your best creative mind, your best self. Um, so for me, being in a nine to five, I always knew that it was never for me, but I also knew that it was something that I needed to get into to get ahead, to, to just get a feel of what it's going to be like and then branch out. Um, but it is, especially especially if you're good at what you do, the better you are, the more expectations there are of you. So, you know, especially if you're good at what you do, there's always going to be more pressure on you than others. Um, there's going to be um, a lot of work, a lot of mental, you know, mental pressures, anxiety, um, deadlines, because I mean, you're you're in the in the night if I replace it, and it's just and that's just the reality of the situation. They don't really care about you. They just care about the output. And the second you're not even output, then you, you drop like a bad habit. Um, How would you create your ideal night to five in terms of when you expand your business and you start to hire more people? Because you would need people to like have hours at a set in terms of productivity. So how would you recreate the nine to five? Well, for me, I needed. I would want it to be a space that's flexible and not restrictive. So in a regular nine to five, there are a lot of restrictions like you know you can't operate outside. You can't do. You can't make extra money. You know, offer your intellectual property to others, and that for a creative, that is very restrictive. That means that you're only bound to one set of income, and in this life, you cannot be creative, you cannot be successful, yes. and the reality is that you cannot be rich if you have one income. Um, so I would, I would offer my employees some level of freedom, because reality is that as long as they get my work done, I really don't care what else you want to do. I mean, granted, it, everything is under certain uh, protocols, and you know, you respect that my work is my work. You don't share my work, all that stuff. Um, I want a fun environment, so like I always, I always benchmark what countries abroad are doing, or first world countries are doing, to see how I can bring that here. Um, so like I notice, like places like Google and Facebook, they have like relaxing areas or fun rooms, so. You know, you can go play games, relax your mind. That's what you need in a creative space. Um, and I want to always be empowering and teaching my, my employees. I don't want you to be in the same place you are if you come on in day one and you leave in on day 50 and you're the same person. Um, and I, it's it said that you have to sometimes detach yourself from your, from your employees in the company, but I want to be very hands-on with my people. And let them see me every day and not just come to work, go straight into my office and not be with them. So how would you say entrepreneurship has changed your perspective? Not only on business, but on life and relationships. Entrepreneurship has opened up my mind to all the possibilities of the world. You know, the trajectory for greatness is so fast it's bigger than what i used to think and then just being in the space you realize there's so many opportunities to make money there's so many opportunities to collaborate there's so many opportunities to to, to go into new spaces new places new countries learn there's so much to learn
I love learning. I think I'm, I'm very hungry. Yeah. I'm so hungry for learning. Um, so it, yeah. I have a question. So you said there's a lot of opportunities to expand and collaborate, but something that I realize and I find so often is that there's so many people within the Caribbean, not just in Jamaica, but in different countries, that they don't know these opportunities are available to them. And it's so strange because, you know, we have the internet, but really it's what we feed ourselves. So how would you tell people in terms of advice for them to expand and reach out to other places, not just where they're in, in terms of, like, their island? Well, it starts with hunger. It starts with the wanting to be better, the wanting to, to be greater. And without that, you're not going to move forward because you have people that, yeah, they see, they see all the things that are going on with their parents or whatever, and they want to be great, and they're like, oh, I wish I could do this, and I wish I could do that, but are they really doing anything? They're just talking and wallowing, and, and they're constantly meddling, quote-unquote, all of these possibilities, but they're not taking action. They're not trying to learn how to do this thing that they, they see, that they like to do. Um, so it starts with, with you know, hunger. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so I'm really just like touching on different points of entrepreneurship. So I'm going to ask a question. Um, do you think that there's disparity in terms of males and females in business? And if so, why? topics yeah. yeah um there is there there is a disparity i mean there i feel like for a few years to come there there probably will still be but um watching the space it is changing i mean more women are are stepping up uh, more women women are you know dominating and that's a good thing um and I think it's healthy competition, <laughs> you know. Now men see women stepping up, no, they have to switch up the game because they realize that the same things they were doing, women are doing now, so. Maybe even better sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most times. Um, so it's healthy, it's healthy for, them, for, the, for the workspace. And it also, get more women stepping up means new perspective, new way of doing things, new innovation, innovations, you know. So yeah. It's it's a good move. Yeah. So one experience from business that changed your life. Alright, well, I think that would be from my from my nine to five. My last one. Hopefully the last ever. <laughs> um yeah, there were a lot of pressures. That job. Um, there are a lot of late nights for many reasons. Um, I w I always wanted to put out good work, so it all it didn't matter how long it took me. Um, I used to leave work at sometimes two, sometimes three. The latest I left there was like five, and then I had to go home and come back <laughs> for nine. Um, but when when all the pressure is on you, it's, and then you're you're someone that always wants to be great, you soak up the pressure and do what you need to do. 
Um, but then I started experiencing some mental issues such as anxiety and depression. And I've never had those experiences before. Um, but it really opened up my eyes, you know, big epiphany, uh, pretty much, that, hey, I needed to change my environment and see, and just, and, and as a result of that, all, I don't know, for some reason, all the fear that I had about and reservations about doing my own thing and going out there and getting it just, just went. Um, so I think, so that's why, you know, I welcome Els sometimes because... I think you need Els. Yeah, you need it. If you don't get Els, then something is wrong. Um, so I welcome those Els into my life and that really changed how I looked at things and how I looked at risk and the fact that I was going for it, like, just do it. And Nike said, all the man I can just guy, but, um, yeah, just going for it. And since then, I know there's no more fear for anything. I do anything right now. I have no... You're doing this podcast. Yeah, I have no reservations. Um, I want to ask you something. You touched on anxiety and depression. So how do you handle those emotions now? Because I know even now, like, I'm not in a 95 and I still get those things. So how do you handle it? Alright, um, for anxiety, it's just about your mindset. Um, just plugging into, just plugging small things into your brain to say, hey, alright, I'm very nervous about this and this is a lot of pressure, but how I look at it is God wouldn't have put you into this space or into this place if you were already for it. That's how I look at it. Like, every opportunity that comes to me, and I feel as if, boy, I'm not ready for this yet, or why is this in my lap right now? I, I just think it wouldn't have been there, it wouldn't have happened already, or it's the right time it's happening because I'm ready for it. So I just need to get over that small little bump right there and then just go for it. And then in most cases, when I do overcome that anxiety, I flourish. Um, so it's really just being Regardless of the, how you feel and the, and the pressure you feel, it's just the positivity that you constantly push. So you have to motivate yourself. You can't... Uh, I recently said this to some people, that you can't wait on people to motivate you. You have to... Be yeah, right. You have to motivate yourself, and then everybody else that comes to motivate is just a supplementary thing. It's just an app just brought up. It's just an addition. Um, so I constantly motivate myself. Constantly speak positive things. Constantly say, "No, you got this. You know, you can do this. Just spend, just spend a few hours on this, and you can get it done." And most cases, it works. It's just, it's just positivity always. And be very careful of your space. Be very careful of who you entertain. Be very careful of, of what you consume, or how much of something you consume. So even social media, Twitter. <laughs> Example, I mean, Twitter every day because a ton load of negativity, like crazy. But it's just how much of it you, yeah, how much of it you consume. I mean, you can't spend all day on Twitter and then expect that you won't have all of these thoughts and you'll probably see this and that. And you take it in bits and pieces. You don't need to be there all day. You just need to be there where you don't need to be there all day. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I do. To wrap up, what's one piece of advice? Um, one piece of advice is to 
just 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 eliminate the fear just do it just go after what you want teach yourself. if you don't know how to do something teach yourself if you are afraid to apply for that scholarship still apply for it it's better you apply for it and not get it and never yeah just do something do something different do something that you have some interest in and you'll be surprised how far it takes you and yeah one more thing is you are in control of your own fate and you're in control of your destiny it may be maybe for years persons have been telling you that you're destined for greatness but you have to now take that up into your own into your arms and really chart the path it's up to you and